The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor strength and body you are looking for in that moment when you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch simple yet substantial tobacco talent time romacraft tobacco the after show the after show after show it's the after show welcome back everybody uh, it is the show after the show. It is Wednesday or Tuesday if you're on the MeWe's, right? Now, speaking of MeWe's, yeah. there's an Easter egg in this show. There's an Easter egg for the MeWe people because they're the only ones that get to watch. Okay. That will give them a clue as to something uh, about the show. All right. I, want, I actually, if you can Why figure you out. Easter egg? What's that? Because that's what it's called when you have a thing that, that you are in the know on. That the audience doesn't know, but there's a clue. Oh, really? That they could figure out the clue. So I want someone to send me a message on MeWe if you can figure out the clue. What is the Easter egg for this week's show? All right. Um, anyway, as we talked, uh, Jim Price, is, uh, the cigar rep for CLE, has jumped ship and done what the opposite of most. It usually cigar- goes the other way. It goes the other way, where somebody is a works in a cigar store, leaves... And becomes a rep. In this case, he was a rep, and he leaves to work at a cigar shop. Uh, why is that happening? Uh, one of the things could be, um, as far as cigar reps go, and reps from other industries also, are their days numbers numbered representing companies? Because, frankly, they don't make them like this anymore. Uh, and that goes to um, those that follow me uh, on social media. Uh, I did post something last week of um, a friend and colleague in the cigar industry, Howard Smith. We referred to him here at Two Guys Smoke Shop as Uncle Howie because he certainly was part of the family. When Two Guys started in the 80s, he was a cigar broker, and he would often visit our little shop. We only had a, a teeny little shop, and he used to come by all the time. Uh it turns out that he stopped by all the time because his mother lived up the street, and he would go see her once a week. Years later or something, I said, how come you visited us when we were so small? And he ended up spilling the beans and saying, But, uh, but you grew on him over time. Yeah, after a while, he actually wanted to come. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you became like the, the son he never wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and still didn't. And we didn't know what all that big, but um, I did order more than I always should have. Uh, still to this day, we order heavy. It's, it's not about rotations, it's having the inventory on hand. But he was a guy that used to tell me, listen, don't go that deep. You only need two or three of them. Why are you ordering 10 of them? And I say, no, so I'll have them. And he goes, two or three is fine. You can get them easy enough. Remember, this is the 80s. And um, he wanted me to go wide. 
So have more lines or more sizes of that line. So uh, little did I know what would happen to Two Guys Smoke Shop because of him. Uh, we became the place that had the best selection of cigars in Boston. And that was because we carried so many different things. And that was uh, partially uh, because it, for him. And we became his best customer uh, as time went on also. Shop dress guy, wore a suit and tie every day, polished shoes. Yeah, that's the thing. No detail left unnoticed. Um, and that's how every rep was. It wasn't just him. Uh, but he was the last of the Mohegans, man. He um, uh, came and carried in a briefcase and came to go to work, try to sell me product. And I'll tell you, that was the before the days of cigar reps doing events in the store. Actually, I'll go on record to, I think, Howard Smith was the first rep ever to do an in-store promotion, and it was in my store. Uh, again, this is uh, late 80s, and um, I remember asking him if he'd come in the store and I could advertise him that people would come in and ask him questions about cigars because that's what I did every week that he came in. I asked him about cigars so I would learn. He was the guy that knew. Yeah. So he said, yeah, I don't care. Like, he blew it off like it wasn't going to be a big thing. Uh, yeah, whatever you want to do. And um, I put an ad in the newspaper, cigar expert Howard Smith, to appear at Two Guys Smoke Shop on a Saturday uh, between this time and this time. Like, it was something going on. Already a busy day, and you're looking to kind of yep. push that boulder down the hill. And um, he didn't know I was going to promote it as such. Uh, cigar expert is the terminology I used. Aficionado would have been nicer. There was no cigar aficionado, and it, it sounds it's a much classier word sure. than expert. But I went with cigar expert Howard Smith uh, to visit Two Guys Smoke Shop again. He came in every single week, but I turned it into an event, and a lot of people turned out. And he was late. Oh. And as people were standing around waiting and lighting a cigar and saying, where is this guy? I tried to do the best I could to do that. And I said, I don't know what happened. He must have gotten a car accident. And I'm saying, if he didn't, he's going to get in one when I see him. <laughs> uh, and he showed up hours late. And there were some people still around, but the majority was gone. He goes, what the hell's going on here? And I go, what the hell's going on here? The big signs in the window and all that stuff <laughs> like this. And he goes, what did you do? And I said, you said you were going to come down here. And, oh, my God. But um, at that point, he learned, you know, we were about promotion and, and, and turning this into something. Um, some people say he was the highest paid cigar broker. Now, a broker works on commission of sales. And that's store. it. There's no that's base it. salary. There's no expenses. There's no nothing. They got their own little business going on. Um, and it's a tough one because you eat what you kill, basically. Correct. You, you only what you sold is what you got commission on after the sale has been paid. Brokers uh, are typically more hungry than in-house reps. Right, right. Very and few exceptions. The problem that happens is a broker realizes driving all the way up to see so-and-so and he gives me a one or two box order ain't worth the gas and then they don't go up there. Where a cigar manufacturer will say, yeah, get up there and get the order from them. So that's that's the give and take that ends up happening. But he was a broker for a company called Villazon. And Villazon owned uh, two big brands, one called Hoya de Monterey and one called Punch. And 
Um, he did very well with it. He was also a broker for Miami Cigar back in the early days of Miami Cigar with La Aurora. Remember, this goes back in the 80s. And when General Cigar bought Villazon, he was a broker. And they could have fired him at that point, but they kept him on because he did so well in his yeah, area. he was a rock star. So he was making a percentage of the sales of the, these two mega brands. Uh, and by the time they hit General Cigar, and General Cigar kept him on as a broker for all their brands. So all of a mm. sudden, he's a broker getting commissioned for Macanudo, Partagas. <laughs> People were saying, oh, my God, this guy's the highest paid guy in the cigar industry because he was he was getting those Commission. So, so uh, did they have other people who were reps at that time, but he stayed as a broker? Correct. He was the only one. Huh. He was the only one. So he, he made a killing. Uh, he drove a nice car. My my first time ever lighting a cigar with a Dunhill lighter or a DuPont lighter was borrowing his. Uh, we didn't carry him. He, I didn't had, know he had all the toys. Oh, my God. He, he and he always, he always had a side hustle. You were telling this story about, and you tell it better than I do, but he would reach in his pocket and pull something out and say, how many of these would you like? Yeah, a different thing each time he came A little in. cigar bitch, if you will. Yeah, just, mm. just a little uh, trinket in the cigar business. And you'd say, oh, I never saw that before. All right, give me 10 of those. And the next week you come in, I got the – by the way, he had the 10 in the car. Mm. Uh, in his sold, massive trunk because yeah. he was driving a Cadillac Eldorado. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'd say, oh, my God, those things flew out. I said, uh, give me 10 more of them or give me 20 of them now. He goes, oh, yeah, they're all gone. Let me show you this. He just <laughs> sold what he had in the trunk. He bought what he did. So he had a little side hustle of his own huh. things that were there. Um, ran his own little promotions in the store. When there was a box of cigars that wasn't moving, he put a little sticker on it that said, buy three, get one free. Handed me the free cigars and got rid of a problem of a brand that wasn't selling, and then say, okay, let's try something else. Own his own, ran his own little company. And that's such an important thing because that's what we do as a company is we look at what doesn't sell a couple of times a year, and okay, this needs to be discontinued, and it goes into the bin for March Madness. Yeah. But to have a rep be able to do that and flush through the product, we it's a it removes a pain point of having it to go to March Madness. Yeah. So this, some of the stuff I learned, I learned from the old school guy, and especially Howard, Howard Smith. Um, really uh, great guy and mentor to me and, and a lot of people in the cigar industry. Um, so uh, I'm going to miss him a lot. He passed away and um, 84 years old, died on his birthday. On his birthday. Died on his birthday. Mm -hmm. uh, but the fact of the matter is, they don't make reps like that anymore, and that doesn't take away from who reps are, are today. It's a different game, mm -hmm. and they um, do not dress up anymore. A lot of companies ended up going to uh, pullovers or what they, polo shirts, polo polo shirts shirt. with the name of the companies on it. That didn't exist in those days, so these guys dressed well, up in a suit. And we heard, we heard stories of when uh, General Cigar said to Howard, okay, here's the polo shirt. I'm not wearing that. Here's the computer. Yeah, I'm not using that. Right. Here's the iPad. I'm not doing it. Right. I'm using the pad and paper. I'm going to send in the order like I always did, take it or leave it. But he was such a he, he was such a mover and a shaker. His number was so fast, they had no choice. And yeah. When when did he retire, Dave? Do you remember? Uh, it was at least twelve years ago, mm -hmm. right? Twelve, fifteen years ago. 
Um, I threw a retirement party for him at, as a retailer. I and I called all the other stores up and I said I'm doing having a little party for him, a little get together. R- rented a function hall and hundreds mm-hmm. of people showed up. And um, he wanted a roast. He said, "Roast me!" And he sit, sat in a chair while we made fun of him <laughs> to his face. Um, that's that who Dean he was. Martin, Dean Martin yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, that's who he was. Um, and you know, I, I think of that. And I see the change up that happened. Listen, it was it was thirty six years ago. Uh, meeting him and learning the cigar industry, it certainly has changed. It's a different industry. Um, just dealing with COVID nineteen, which we have been doing for the past over a year now. Yeah. Um, reps have not even been coming in. Some companies mm. ask them not to. Don't travel. Don't do this. So they make a few phone calls. Maybe they got you know, 50 accounts in their territory, and they call them once a month. Well, if that's the case, they're making a couple of phone calls a week, and they're getting their full commission pay. So what you're seeing is some manufacturers getting rid of their reps. Because they're at, at that level, they are glorified order takers. Yeah. You got somebody, and, and we are grateful to have Jim Price on board, but as a rep, he was the guy that would fill singles if he happened to notice that his case was yeah. a little low. He would move things around. Uh, it's not working on this shelf. Let's try this shelf. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not ever disrespecting, by the way, another brand. And there are reps that will come in and say, I'm going to rearrange the humidor <laughs> and destroy. let's move Dos Ombre, your number one seller. We're going to put that in the back and I want mine in the Dos Ombre yeah. spot. Yeah, that's not going to fly. Yeah. Um, no, he always looked for, Howard always looked for a better placing for his, his cigars too. Let's try it here. Exactly like you're saying there. It seemed all that stuff now, from what I'm told from cigar reps, when they, uh, get the job or something, basically here's the, here's the list of people. Here's what they normally do. Go. Like there's no education to them. There's no training. And I asked Howard that a long time ago. How did it work for you? And in those days, they said, you know, go get yourself a map because there was no <laughs> GPS or anything. Right. Here's a roll of, roll of dimes for your, for your phone call uh, because you got to pull up to a um, pay, phone. pay phone to do it. And uh, you're off and rolling. And, and actually, no list of, you know, find who sells yeah, these things. Yeah, go find them. Go find them. Um, it's changed. And um, some manufacturers now I'm seeing that are going um, direct to consumer either via their online presence that they have, but also this talk of, um, and there's a, there's a few out there right now already doing it, the only way to get their brand is to buy it direct. Uh, listen, we're not Apple Computer. I don't think we can, uh, we as a cigar industry can pull it. I think it's a mistake, but um, it's happening. And it, it's devaluing the value of a cigar rep. And I hate to see it. But listen, they devalue the value of a taxi cab driver and of a typewriter and all these changes that happen. Are the days of the cigar rep the better days behind us? The difference between the when we shifted from typewriters to word processors to word processing programs is the typewriter couldn't work harder for you. The rep can show up in the store. The rep can reorganize the case. The rep can fill singles. The rep can uh, sample the staff on products that we don't carry, which Jim Price, I got to say it to him, he got it so that we were carrying Sealy Corojo. We only had the Connecticut and he gave us enough Corojo 
where it was like, Ed, uh, even if it's just so that I can have them, can I get some boxes <laughs> yeah, of Corojo? Yeah. Because they're really good and I like them. And it, typically, if I like it, I'm going to be able to sell it, right? right There's right. people that follow me around the store and say, okay, what are you smoking? I'm smoking this. And it sells well. And that wouldn't have happened if he came in and said, oh, here's what you already carry. Nope, he never did that. He always said, here's something that's new that you should that you don't have. Give it a try. So there was a cigar rep out there that worked for uh, other companies along the way, for, and COVID-19 comes. He loses his job right before COVID-19 uh, because he was with that company out of California that um, um, shut shut down the, um, the, the um, V. Um, Ventura? Ventura that shut down, so he loses his job, and um, waiting for another job, COVID-19 comes in, nothing ends up happening, and John's on the sidelines for uh, over a year, and as Jim Price uh, exits out of CLE, John Gazzaro, and I don't know if this is secret news yet or whatever, but- No one listens to the after show, it's okay. Um, He is now the New England rep for CLE, but he's a broker. He's hmm. pulling the Howard Smith <laughs> that he, and this is his first brokerage product. Right. So he gets this big company, which is CLE, with a good territory going on, and this becomes one of his brands. So what's old is new again. I've never heard, you don't see the rep going to retail. It's the other way around. Right. And you don't see somebody who had a An company in-house person job, right. go to the broker. It's not It's not common. So here we go. What, but that that's going to make somebody like Gazzaro work harder and smarter for his dollar because now all the expenses are his. So he's going to pay yes. more attention to his route. Yep. He's going to pay attention to the other brands that he carries because CLE and Asylum and Aroa all fall at different price points and ring gauges. So I don't see him doing something like, just to use another big ring gauge brand, taking on JFR Lunatic. It would make sense yeah, because he has asylum yes. that's going to hurt. The, no, he's not going to help. Typically, they're smart that, that a broker does that. They get complementary brands Correct. that work well with each other as opposed to this guy. You know, Which one do you want, this one or that one? That's a big mistake. Uh, so I'll see you, actually. I'm going to see John on um, Monday. Um Maybe his first day at work. I don't know. That hmm. typically happens a lot. But um, we'll see uh, how that ends up going. But the, everything has changed since the coronavirus. And the cigar industry changed. And I think the biggest part of it is the direct-to-consumer manufacturer mentality along with the reps are not valuable. We've had and both of them are wrong, by the way, in my opinion. We'll see how it pans out. We've had other pandemics in the history of the country, and things end up going back to normal. The yeah. pendulum can only swing so far. And I, I've been wrong as to where it's yeah. going to stop. You've been wrong as to where it's going to stop. But it, I think that the American consumer is over the whole mandate bullshit and the coronavirus yeah. and the, the boogeyman is here. And especially as we're starting to see that states were lying about the counts and all that. I think we go back to normal sooner rather than later. I think we're coming up on one year since Dave said the pandemic would be over 
Friday the 13th. Yeah. <laughs> 13th of March, 2020. Friday yeah. the 13th. Yeah, so we're just about there. Now, he didn't yeah. say, Next week. Yeah, he, he. I don't think he specifically said 2020, though. I think he just said it's over <laughs> right. as of right now. My One God. year from now, maybe. I can't believe it went as far as it, it did. I, I never thought it'd get shut down. I never thought any of these things would happen. Um, but there's going to be a fall. There's going to be a fall within industries uh, like the cigar industry where they misinterpret what just happened and say right. there's not a value to a representative of a, of a company. The ones that do keep their reps are going to eat the shelf space of the ones that end up uh, letting these guys and, go. And, and it's know, the smaller think, guys that need the help. I think it'll be interesting to see where cigar sales go if people go back to work, right? There may be a natural pullback that people will then tie into, okay, what are my reps doing for me? Our sales are down. Right. <laughs> now, you got two two brands that offer a similar product. You have Perdomo and you have um, exclusive, who, who is that? Christoph. Those two brands have smokers that cross over between the two brands. They're similar okay. strengths. They're similar ring gauges. And there was not a whole lot of monogamy. April happens and we go to curbside. The brand that they can remember is Perdomo. Yeah, hmm. yeah. The brand that they saw first when they walked in the store was Perdomo. He's in that first case. Yeah. And they couldn't remember the Kristoff name, so they said, I'll take a pack of Perdomo. I'll take a box of Perdomo. Yeah. That brand recognition, and part of that is because uh, Nick Perdomo has done such a great job of getting the presence in his store creating his 36 inches on the yeah. shelf, all the, the little secret stuff that he does. And, and he's got an army, too. Now. Well, he's got an army, yeah. but it starts an with his- An army of reps. His, <laughs> it starts with anybody. the reps. The reps have to check into the store on yeah. social media. They've got to post a picture of the humidor. So you see it on social media. Mm -hmm. You walk in the store. There's the exact picture that you saw. You remember Perdomo. It, it, is, it all starts at the reps, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. They, they, especially when a new brand starts out, how do you think this happens? It doesn't happen magically. These reps beg us, please give it a try. Well, Here, smoke the cigar with me. And I, I listened to it for 36 yeah. years. And tell me how great the cigar is. And this is the second coming. But the Here reps, the reps develop the relationship yeah. with you. It's not, and Nick Perdomo is a different story, but take, take Nick Perdomo, the man, out of it. At the start of Perdomo, you had a rep walking in the store, developing a relationship with you and saying, geez, I'd, I'd love it if you tried this brand that I'm representing. Yes. Because I'm your friend and I know what you like and yep. this is going to work for you. And That's how that starts. Yeah. The short time I spent on the sales floor, I couldn't believe the difference in the reps. I mean, the smart ones would know. The people on the floor. You it's everything. Put, That's the army. But I can't tell you how many times I was in Nashua and they'd just walk right by to go yeah. See Ed, right? Because the they think the order. He, right, but just go get the order. Go get the order, but who's selling them? Right, right. or yeah. who's, or more importantly, who's not selling? Them. It, <laughs> <Right>. it matters. <laughs> it matters. Just walk past. It That's matters. The guy who's not to the guy on the floor. It doesn't matter that he got a cigar. He can no. buy a cigar, but it matters that the the rep cared enough to give him the gift of a cigar. Speaking of gift, here's another thing. So Howard Smith, Jewish man, by the way, every Christmas time would bring platters of food for my staff. Brilliant. Every year. Brilliant. He, he was Jewish, and for Christmas time, that's what he'd do is feed us, let alone little things along the, uh, along the year. Uh, a bottle of booze for me for Christmas or something like that, a little gift. 
we just passed this year. You've been around a yep. while. Yep. It used to be gift baskets and things like that. I spent more money last year than I ever have. Less gift baskets, less things that came in the mail, less... Well, let's look also... Any, anything for the staff, nothing. You look back at a guy like Mike Cusano, yeah, no, and he used to have that same play yep. because he understood that the guys on the floor... You are important. You make that initial order, but your guys on the floor are the ones that decide, this is the cigar I'm going to yep. show, or yeah. this is the cigar I'm going to show. Not, It's not a conscious thing, but you you think, geez, I like Mike Cusano. He brought me that platter of food. He made a sandwich for him. Whatever. Yeah. I like this no, guy. They, I'm going to show you his show cigar. show up with eight cups of coffee with all the cream yeah. and sugar in the bag and stuff, and there'd only be three of us working, and we got eight cups of coffee, <laughs> so we'd actually give it to customers, too, yeah. that they would just show up with a dozen donuts yeah. and eight cups of coffee or show up with platters at lunchtime, or I'd get a call before lunchtime and say, don't order lunch. I'm on the way up. And I go, well, what, what do you do? Don't worry about it. And it'd be <laughs> enough for everybody yeah. or whatever. Um, it's it's all gone. It's it's um, so not only I think as a manufacturer's um, thinking there's no not a lot of value to the reps. I think there's not they think there's not a lot of value to the retailer also that the cigar just sells so you're gonna buy it and that's it. That's not the way it used to be. Right. And, may, and maybe you're right. Maybe there is no value to the retailer because you can sell direct to the consumer yourself and. I'm very, very worried that there's more and more of that going on. Um, Pendulum is going to continue swinging. I mean, I, I think that works to a point for well-established brands and cigars, but how are they going to launch new ones? From- Every brand, including online brands that, that sell, were built in the brick-and-mortar retailer. Exactly. Without, without they question. can't happen any other way. They, can't. they have to be sampled, and that happens in brick-and-mortar retailers. So manufacturers, please understand the value of your reps, understand the value of the retailer, and understand the value of the guys working in the retail store. We all have a certain play to your success, believe it or not. I know you like to take the bow at your brand, that you, but you know it, it goes across the board. And the same goes for me as a retailer. If it wasn't for the guys on the sales floor or reps helping me out, like Howard Smith. Right. If it wasn't for Howard Smith, Two Guys Smoke Shop would not be where it is today. Howie, I love you. I'm going to miss you. And uh, I hope to see you in a long time because if it was soon, I'd be gone too. So that's it. <laughs> Stick the lid in your mouth for Howard. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.